Welcome to the Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-hosts, Adam Schubert and Julian Navarre. This week's special guest from the Lighthearted Podcast, Matt Hillman. Well, we got a lot to get into this week, fellas, so without further ado, take it away, Lyndon. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy DeWitts, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beard Gang is in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111 of the Bros Who Think Podcast. Brooklyn couldn't be with us this week because he's in Monroe with his little daughter, who we love, and the princess of the BWT Network, so... Brooklyn, Brooklyn had the week off this week, but that doesn't mean we stopped podding. No, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Adam Schubert. Shuby, how you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, man. Ready for another week of podding, ready for some NFL football, I guess. Most people who might be listening to this are gearing up for Packers-Bears, and we just had college football start last week. Man, my weekends are full. Yeah, we'll get to talking about college football and the NFL because this is our NFL Sunday preview. This is our football preview. So we have Julian joining us as well as Schubert. We'll be talking about that a little later in the show. Before we get to any of that, I'm going to run through a quick bit of news. But I wanted to say that this week's guest is none other than Matt Hillman, co-host of the Lighthearted Podcast. He is potting with Josh Hart. They're talking Alonzo Ball, talking the uh, I believe Lukaku of of uh, I believe that's Man U if I'm not mistaken. I'm 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 not really huge into my soccer knowledge, but I know a little something, something. I think it's uh yeah they talked to Lukaku. Oh, he's up from Inter Milan. My mistake. But yeah, so that's gonna be a dope dope uh, uh interview. He also is the co-founder of Cut and Sue or Cut and Sew, Excuse me. And he, he's invested in things like FaZe Clan, Play VS, Lemon Perfect. So this guy's big in the tech, big in the sports, and I can't wait to have this conversation. So stick around for that. But Schubert, we just have a little bit of news I want to run through real quick. Um, first off, I want, uh, first off, this little bit of news. Mac Miller's uh, drug dealer has been arrested in connection with the, that he allegedly gave him the pills that kill him, that killed him. So... Hopefully we'll get justice for Mac and Mac's family and, and all of that. Just wanted to well, mention that. Oh, so so like because he sold him the drugs, he gets he getting arrested. Because well, it's illegal to sell him the drugs. Yeah, so. but he sold him bad drugs with his. With oh, he did. Max. Yeah. Well, did Mac not know about it? Well, Mac didn't know what type of drugs it was. He thought it was A when it was B. So like he wasn't trying to kill himself. I don't think so. Bro, and that, and, murder, and that's what these—that's what these people are trying to say. So this guy's been that he—he he just got arrested. So we'll see. We'll find out more about that, and we'll probably Where's talk that about true crime doc people. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that more throughout the week. Also, we're gonna talk about Jay Z's comments with Brooklyn. I was waiting. That was a whole group discussion that we want to have. I just want to say this: the initial thing of Jay Z selling shirts and doing the concert with Meek Mill. I wasn't as upset as that as Twitter because, yes, people are like, oh, you're doing social justice to just sell shirts. No, he's getting mo- – and I know people are going to be like, but the NFL has money. He has money. No, no he's building up revenue for this program and then in turn is going to use that money to help communities. At least that's what my best-case scenario idea is. That's why I'm not going to get on him for that. However, the fact that he said that black kids, because they don't have fathers – 
are more naturally, uh, they cause the situations with p- police and they cause them to escalate because they don't have father figures and they, he put more of the blame on the young black kids not having a father than on the police where I think any child, any kid coming from poor or affluent who doesn't have a father figure or a male person in their life, they do have issues with, I would say, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Should they have issues with what? Um, what strong figures outside? What? 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 What, uh, uh, I guess, I've, I don't what know. are adults who are who are in charge of you? Are are are, are powerful adults? I guess they have they have problems. Supervision. They have problems with people in leadership positions. At you, at least you can tell a little bit. They have, and that's the thing. But I can't blame police. I can't blame that on the the kids who not have fathers. No, more of the blame for me is on police. And I just wanted to state that clearly but we'll talk more about that next week like i said this week we're just running through a little bit of the news topics this week because not too not too too much happened um super did you see that now we'll talk about this now because now that i have you and we don't talk about this type of stuff on bros who binge but this is kind of a bros who binge topic but it's politicky how do you feel about the kristen stewart marvel thing oh man uh... <laughs> i caught you by surprise with that huh no, no, I was actually thinking about putting it in our notes this week, honestly, like, because I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, who could she have been? Like, is there still a possibility? But like, I w- if I was her, I would be like, you know, screw these people. Yeah, screw y'all just because I'm gay. Y'all don't, y'all, uh... I, I would be in the DC universe. Exactly. But man, it's interesting that Marvel fans are not acknowledging a lot of the shady shits Marvel's been doing. So Disney was greedy with Spider-Man. We then get the Stan Lee stuff drop about how Marvel didn't care about his family and how his daughter was outraged. And now we're getting Marvel's telling gay actors to tone down the gayness if you want to be in our our films. That's crazy. Like, three three bad stories in a row and no, like, it's hush-hush on the fronts because no one wants to come at Marvel. Man, I think everyone thinks that the mouse is trying to get more progressive, but they got to remember what their base was at the beginning. Mm, it's a deeper, darker link. Hmm, if you know the history of Walt Disney, you know what me and Schubert are t- talking about. But yeah, I just think it's messed up, kind of. And look, the article that was released about Kristen Stewart, it, it let, me, let me pull it up. So she, she had a quote in it, but it's more so hearsay from someone and... And it's a lot of, so she goes this, she says, I think I just want to enjoy my life and that took precedence over protecting my life because protecting I was ruining it. Uh, she said, deciding to come out, she felt like she had to do that. And I'm trying to get to the Marvel stuff. But but basically it was from a, a source found out this and I don't know if she necessarily said it herself, but who knows, man? All I know is if this is true, then there's, Marvel got to do that. There's no gay characters in Marvel? Oh no! Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. She did say this. She said she. Stewart explained. I have been fully told. If you just like do yourself a favor and don't go out holding your girlfriend's hand in public, you might get a Marvel movie. But Stewart says she doesn't want to work with people like that and is now approached for roles because of her sexuality. Now, who told her that? That sounds like something an agent would say. Well, this is an interview, a cover story in Harper Bazaar, a Herald. Uh, so it's basically like these reporters interviewed her, and this is what she. This is what they said. So. I mean, if the if the reporters in Variety are wrong, then you know, hey, oh no, Har- Harper Bazaar. If the yeah, reports yeah. in Harper Bazaar are wrong, then hey, that's that. But I mean, look, if, Kirsten, if that came out of Kirsten Stewart's mouth, then I can't I can't say she's she's wrong or she's lying. I'm not I'm not I'm not capping for Marvel. Well, I mean, Marvel's like, wrong. 
Well, I mean, like, it's. I think that's an important thing to note, though. We don't know who exactly made that comment because, I mean, it's not like it's coming out of Kevin Feige's mouth, you know? Oh, you're talking about from the Marvel side. I got you. I got you. Sure, yeah, we yeah. don't know who. It could have just been Joe Blow off the street telling Kirsten Stewart that. Yeah. But I, but I mean, look, Shuby, if I'm pretty sure. It I mean, was that some... sounds like someone who was trying to, like, do him a favor. It's like, you know, like, I, I think I could, like, you know, pull some strings for you with Kevin Feige, but, you know, I just don't want to see you. Out in public with your, you know, your woman. She either either way, whoever told her that, and whoever that person represents, whether it's Marvel or if it's her agent, she needs to get either new representatives, or we got to just call out Marvel because there's some crazy stuff going on in the entertainment world. Look, check out Anime Talk. I'm not gonna bog down this pod with the Funimation leaks, but me and Chris have spent an hour talking about that shit, and that shit is crazy. But she, that's pretty much. All but, the but, major- but oh, go ahead. Since we talked about it, who do you think she could have been? Um, I uh, probably someone in the Eternals. I think she could have been Captain Marvel. Oh, you think? I don't think so. I don't think she's like. I don't know. See, Captain Marvel to me, I, I feel like they 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 wanted someone like Brie Larson. I, I maybe she, I, I could have seen Charlize Theron if she's a little younger, but not Kirsten, Kirsten Stewart's like. I don't know. I, I think. And, I think. And Tur- definitely Black Widow. <laughs> are you are you are you on good drugs right now, Black Widow? What? She she was just too she was just too young for it. See, I'm thinking more of like if, if it was like Black Widow now, I could totally see her doing Black Widow right now. Maybe that's post Charlie's Angels. I don't know. I I think she was probably up for Scarlet Witch. One of the Scarlet Guardians. Witch is a good one. That's not. I'm, I think she was not up for like the necessarily more beefy. Not, and I don't want to say beefier, but just more the action roles. I think she was more up for like the the guardian stuff or Scarlet Witch or one of the Eternals. There you go, pigeonholing her because of Twilight. You know, maybe she was waiting for that breakout. <laughs> she got Char- Charlie's Angels, but people were holding her back. <laughs> maybe I am pigeonholing her, but I just gotta. That's I, I call the spades like I see them. But, Shuby, that's enough of that. Let's get into a quick word from this week's sponsor, and then we will get into the interview with Matt Hillman. Hello, bros who think faithful. This week's special guest is none other than Matt Hillman, co-host of the Lighthearted Podcast. He's also the co-founder of Cut and Sew. I'm joining us today is Mr. Matt Hillman. How you doing today, Matt? Good, man. How are you? I appreciate you having me on. Oh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Doing real well. Can't complain. I actually, last night to finish preparing for this, I was finishing up listening to your you guys' Lonzo Ball episode and that thing's making some traction today. How, was that one of your favorite interviews doing? Or was that one of the bigger ones you guys have done? By far the biggest. Um, I think, I mean, we, I think we knew that it would be big. Obviously, Zoe's got a good personality and a great brand, but uh, it ended up being being way bigger than, than we thought it would. I mean, with all the outlets that picked it up and... Um, it's supposed to be airing on ESPN The Jump today. It's uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been good growth for the brand, and uh, we brought on our first sponsor uh, literally right before this episode. So that was it was really cool for them too. I think they're they're feeling good about their investment. So one hundred percent. That's awesome. My my question is, I saw y'all put out some videos that didn't necessarily make the pod. Was that on purpose? Like the uh, the Lithuania Laker stuff. So it's funny that that was supposed to be edited out. Uh, it we have someone editing the pod and we have someone editing the YouTube video. Um, mm-hmm. and it made it slipped into the YouTube video, but it was not it's not in the pod, but it, it made it into the full length video on YouTube. So that's that's where people pulled it from. Ah, okay, okay. See, I need to check that out. But 
dope. I'm glad we got to go into that a little bit, but to backtrack, to let our fans know who might not necessarily know you, you're the co-host of the Lighthearted Podcast. Just talk to me how you got into podcasting, and I'm guessing that your relationship with Josh stems farther back. Yeah, so, I mean, it's funny. I'm, I'm really new. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, you know, we've had a bit of success, but I'm pretty new to podcasting. We're only, we're only about uh, 13 episodes in, and uh, this was the first first exposure that I that I had to it, uh, but it's it's been happening fast and I've 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 really started to like it. But uh, I started with Josh and I know you mentioned you know our prior relationship. We uh, I can go into that a little bit. We have been best friends uh, slash brothers since high school. Um, we went to the same high school. Uh, he came from a prior school that was uh the high school that we went to was pretty rigorous academically he came from a prior school that didn't really prepare him super well so he got to he got to our school we immediately became really good friends playing on the basketball team together um and he started he was struggling a bit academically because he was he was sort of underprepared from where he was before and um and uh so the school actually tried to kick him out after after a year um just because he was struggling so much academically and then my family sort of stepped in. He actually ended up living with us and became my brother. You know, calls calls my parents, mom and dad. Long story short, he he goes on, graduates, gets you know well above a three zero. Did four years at Villanova, and then the rest was history. So ended up being a really great story. But you know, we've been we've been close for a while, and fast forward to now, I've been helping him out with with you know a lot of his off the court branding and marketing and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he's got a great perspective. He's really well spoken and. We've been kicking around the idea of a podcast for a while just because, you know, he wants to control the narrative. He had gone on other people's podcasts and had little sound bites taken out that made him sound, you know, not good. And he's like, I want, I want my own. I want to, I want to tell the stories I want to tell. I want to, I want to put the messages out there that I want. Um, and, uh, and really just own, own the content as opposed to just appearing in other people's content. And so that's what we did. So I just helped him out with that and hopped on with him. Cause you know, we have some pretty good, pretty good chemistry and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun ride. That's a very interesting story. That's a great story that about you guys still being friends since they even from high school with brothers, even more than that, like you said. And to me, that's something that you can, you can hear the chemistry between you guys. If you listen to the episodes and you can see that the connection between you two is a lot deeper than just, Oh, he's just his co-host or some random guy that he met. You know, you can tell that y'all have had a lot of experience with each other. I want to get into just because from what I seem from the podcast, it seems like you're kind of the entrepreneurial mind of the of the duo, if I would say. So how and you have a, a brand yourself called Cutting. So how did you get into being a business minded person? Did that come from family? Did, was that always there? It's um, a good question. It's, it's definitely been there for a while. I've always kind of seen that that life for myself and, and, and wanted to work myself. I wouldn't necessarily came from family. I had a super supportive, incredible family, but no entrepreneurs. Um, it started first when I was in uh, when I was in college. I went to play Division three basketball. Had some Division one aspirations. Ended up going to a Division three school um, and kind of went in just like oh. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play basketball, and who knows, maybe I'll like go overseas after. But it was really sort of all I knew. Um, but I ended up going to a really really good academic school in Pittsburgh called Carnegie Mellon. Um, okay. And it's a really uh, really heavy like computer science and engineering school. So a lot of my friends were computer science majors, and I teamed up with a couple of them and built a mobile app our sophomore year. 
and we raised some money, went through a startup accelerator, really built this company. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, a startup accelerator is a company that invests money in you in exchange. Uh, you give them, give them a piece of your company, but they also give you, you know, lawyers and an office and accounting services and pretty much anything that you would need to actually become a real operational company. And so I learned that from a, from a young age. I learned that at like 1920, how to actually structure a company and build a company. And, um, you know, the, the company ended up not being super successful, but that knowledge that I gained is, is what propelled me forward. And I really kind of got bit by the, the bug and, and fell in love with entrepreneurship. And, um, then I shifted my mind towards like music and entertainment a little bit more. I ended up building like a small content series on YouTube that did pretty well and, um, got some internships at, you know, top like record labels. I spent some time at Sony music. And, um, when I graduated, I was, uh, I I ended up going to start off in the mailroom at CAA, which is probably one one of the least entrepreneurial places. It's pretty corporate, but uh, but I I still I kind of knew I wanted to, to to be an entrepreneur, and I knew that everything I was doing was setting myself up for that. So I left CAA, went to go work for a boutique marketing agency, and then um, again small team. I, I kind of wanted that, and then I I went and started my own uh, called Cut and Sew with two awesome partners, um, January two thousand eighteen. Um, and we've been going strong, going on two years now. Uh, it's been it's been, a, it's been a hell of a ride. Congratulations on the two years mark, brother. I appreciate it. Ain't no thing. Uh, so there's two places I want to go from this because there's the one where I want to joke around and and ask you a question, but then the other one is is kind of the the one that I can keep on topic with the uh just what I've I've seen from you and what what I want to ask you about. So I'll start with that one first. Josh has been very at the forefront of uh e, e gaming and and uh and just with like all the phase stuff and phase clan and all and just playing being about gaming online and, and just getting into the Twitch community and all of that. I see your investor in phase clan and we hear you went to tech school. How important is e gaming to to you and how do you, do you feel that is the future of kind of a, a new branch of entertainment? Yeah, no, it's an awesome question. I mean it's funny for me as a as like an enthusiast, I don't I don't really game at all. I used to game a ton. I don't really have the time for it anymore. But from a business standpoint, I'm like obsessed with it, and I spend a lot of time thinking about it. And I've put money into a couple of different companies in the sector, and we work with a couple of different companies in the sector, and just really long on it. Um, I totally think it's it's a new form of entertainment. I mean, these these games are coming out. I think it was Red Dead Redemption came out and did like. 800 million in its opening weekend which is like rivaling the biggest movies that we've ever yeah. seen it's like here to stay and it's as as prevalent as as any other form of entertainment and it's accessible and kids are starting from a young age and now that it's becoming legitimate on the professional side you know parents are starting to get behind it and you know it's like you see a kid win three million dollars playing in the Fortnite world cup it's like what if you're a parent if you're a parent you see your kid gaming all day there's a purpose now. It's not just oh, you're you know you're turning your brain into mush, which is which is what it used to be. So it's getting legitimacy. I mean, there's it's becoming a state-sanctioned high school sport. You know, colleges are giving out scholarships. Phase Clan is signing 12-year-olds, and these kids are making millions. Like it's it's here. It's here to stay. Um, and then for Josh, it was just a it's a passion of his, and it was an incredible way to you know tap into his. Fan base and show more of his personality by streaming on Twitch, and we really saw just a white space for for an NBA player to come in and really own that that crossover space between basketball and gaming. 
No, I I definitely say you guys are at the forefront of that, man, because that is something that has always intrigued me in terms of like NBA players because they could definitely have that connection. Like, there's no need for them to go through the Colin Cowherds, the the Stephen A. Smiths. They could literally do what you guys are doing: have your own podcast, have your own Twitch stream, and then talk to your fans that way. And I really think you guys are setting a, a potential blueprint for the future. I want to ask um because we were talking about gaming and i think that was a very interesting point the fact that you're right red dead redemption comes out on a thursday night let's say and it's packed lines are everywhere it ends up making 800 million that is like some of the biggest movies that's like the thursday night releases where people go watch marvel and and that's that's a point that, that i never even thought about and i've been playing video games forever ever, and it's like no those these games make a lot a lot of money so why not give them the, I guess, the attention that we give these other platforms and media. Yeah, completely, completely. And then you look at I mean, platforms like Twitch and obviously YouTube, but YouTube's far outside of gaming. But um, yeah, I mean, that's where the attention is. That's where the eyeballs are. And, um, you know, like you said, for a fan to go on and watch Josh, it's just a level of interaction that doesn't exist anywhere. It's different than and hitting like on social media, you're watching them. Your eyes are glued to the to the to the screen. You're chatting. You're actually sending money. Sometimes, like it's a whole it's a whole new level of engagement that it's almost it can't even be measured. You know, like traditional TV or anything like that. So, it's exciting. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Now, now I can now I can joke around a little bit. You you said you were a hooper. I was a former D three hooper myself. Uh, what position are you play in basketball? I was a. Uh, I was a sh- shot, shoot first point guard. Okay, 100%. <laughs> so I, this this means I always love talking to people who've played basketball because I feel that the people who talk basketball, it, it's different when it, you don't have to play on an NBA level, college level, but if you've played basketball and you understand the ins and outs, I feel like it's a little different talking to someone like that who might not necessarily have played. So what's your... Are you a big, big fan of the NBA? And if so, what's your, you know, predictions for this upcoming year? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan. Um, it's a good question. I mean, the West the West is is going to be super tough again, obviously. I was just kind of running through it, obviously, like with, with the Pelicans in mind. And there's like, I mean, there's legitimately like nine or ten teams that could all make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be super competitive. The East is going to be interesting, too. I mean, Brooklyn, obviously, going to be great. I think it's going to take them another year or two, obviously once KD gets back and then once he really like works, works himself into the flow. But, um, it's, I'm excited. I mean, obviously a lot of off season moves, a lot of, a lot of people in new markets. I'm excited to see Kemba on a bigger stage. Um, I think it's going to be a, you know, I think it's going to be a hell of a year. They get, they, they get bigger and more global every year and the league just keeps getting better and better. I'm glad you said Kemba before I get to my, my hometown loving team, but Kim, Kimba man has never gotten a real shot to be on a winning team in, in a like no disrespect to Charlotte but he's never been in that that position and now to have him with the Celtics matching him with Jason Tatum Jalen Brown and that whole squad it hopefully they mesh better than Kyrie and those guys did because if it works th- this could be a good team in the East and the the playoffs so I'm very interested to see that and as well as like you said the Pelicans I, I know a lot of people who listen to Probably might be like, oh, Lennon, you're just a homer, you're you're just a Pelicans fan. But no, it's true. Like, I really feel with the additions that we've had with Josh, Lonzo, uh, Derek Favors, uh, JJ Reddick, Zion, along with Drew, this team's gonna be deep. 
Oh, B.I., this team's going to be deep, and, and it's all up to how those guys mesh and how those guys perform together. But I'm really excited for the playoffs, and I think—I mean, not for the playoffs. I really think the Pelicans have a shot at making the playoffs if everything goes how according to plan. And hearing you guys' Lonzo interview and just hearing the guys' excitement for being in New Orleans really makes myself— and I know a lot of people in New Orleans really, really excited just to ask you— being that you were you're around Josh, being that you're around some of the guys who got traded, how how do you feel about the trade, and how do you feel they recepted to the? How do you think they took the trade? Um, I think they were excited. I mean, I think the, the 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 blessing was that it was a trade that was in in the works for a while. I mean, they were trying to get it done even before the deadline. So, you know, there was I think a lot the guys were uh, bracing themselves for it in some way. Um, and I think they're at a place where they can get a fresh start and uh, and really play how they want to play. And uh, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be fun. I mean, they seem focused. They seem locked in. Um, they seem refreshed. Uh, you know, they New Orleans is a city that. Did you, you say you're from there? Yeah, yeah, you no. Know, this yeah, so this know, podcast is out of there. That's awesome. So New Orleans is a city where you know you know better than I would, but everyone says like you do right by them and, and they'll do right by you. And, um, so I, they're excited to just really kind of lock in with the fan base and, uh, and just, you know, give it, give it everything they have. It's you know, the city's been through a ton and, you know, in LA it's like, there's so many things to do. If the Lakers aren't good, then you can go watch the Clippers or the Dodgers or the Kings or the Rams or the Chargers where, you know, New Orleans, it's like they, they really live and breathe like saints and Pelicans. So I think they're excited to kind of be, um, you know, an exciting team in the market and, and, uh, looking forward to that fan base. No, 100%, man. And that's the thing with New Orleans. If you just show that you, not even, I don't want to say love the city, but just, just show that you care about the sports you're playing and like just and just give it your all, we'll see that and we'll we'll embrace you, pick you up, and, and, and put you to that highest pedestal because we really, like you said, there's nothing else besides the Saints and the Pelicans. We really love our sports players and sports teams. I want to ask you a question, being that you're, I believe you're around my age, around like 25, 26, so being that we're of this, I guess, quote unquote, last generation and know what the world was like pre-internet and now that we're in it post-internet, what's your take on social media, the good and the bad? And how do you feel moving forward that we can kind of, I guess, either improve it or, yeah, no, improve it's the best, the best way I can say it. Yeah, it's, I mean, another great question. I think the the benefits are massive the you know the ability to to interact with anyone at, in any corner of the world through social media is something that can't be taken lightly um the ability to build a brand and, and create wealth through content and products on social media is is unprecedented i mean i probably wouldn't have a career if it weren't for social media i mean we we help you know as cut and so we, we work with some of the biggest brands and help them on their marketing and which involves creating content and and running their social media and stuff like like that so um it's been incredible i think there's there's almost too many benefits to, to even try and name them all the downsides are, are are clear too i mean you know especially with the instagram generation like you know when we grew up yes we you know the internet was there but it was like facebook and and myspace where you were yeah uploading, like you were uploading you know albums of like 10 20 30 40 50 photos at a time and like there wasn't really that pressure to make every single one of them perfect whereas like with instagram you upload one at a time and people are like editing the shit out of it and trying to make it look like incredible and so i think social media has has definitely created this false sort of perception of what people's lives really are and people don't really show the work in progress on 
on social media, they really only show the, the finished product. And, um, that can be, that can be tough. You know, when you, if you're someone that like compares yourself to other people or, um, stuff like that. So I think, you know, on that note, what we can do and, and I can do a better job of this myself is really just trying to, um, uh, use social media for what it, what is intended and, 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 you know, share your life and, and not feel the need to make it look more than it is and, and really stay in your lane and, and not get caught up in what everyone else is, is posting and just use it as a way to connect with people and build a business and build a brand and, um, just try and try and remember that it's not, it's not serious. It's not too serious. 100%. And I think you, you made a great, great point. It, it really is just the highlights. Like people are just showing the highlights of their lives and the, and the good, the good top sports center top uh, 10, not the bad, bad sports center top 10. Like we're not going to see your failures. We're just going to see your successes. And that, that's a great point that I think people need to, I guess, stay in your lane was a good thing, but just see, I guess, see that, not all of this is necessarily their everyday lives. It's just they're posting the good moments and don't compare, don't necessarily compare yourself to those people and just focus on living your life. So I agree with that 100%. You said you're in the record label. Are you a big rap fan? Yeah. Or a big, big music fan in general? Like, not, it doesn't necessarily just have to be rap music. And who are some of your favorite artists? Um, my favorite artist right now is The Baby. Oh, he's the look. The baby's killing it, man. Yeah, I like uh, I like Megan Thee Stallion a lot. Um, who else do I like? I was just at Made in America in Philly. Music. Oh, how, how was that? It was great. The, both of them performed. Cardi performed. Gucci Mane performed. Uzi, Travis Scott. It was it was awesome. Those were all great performances too. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, okay, I guess. My final question before I get into rapid fire, just because you talked about it, and I would be remiss not to ask, how what did you? I know you said your time at Sony was very corporate, but did you at least feel that you the stuff you took from there helps you in your in the businesses you do today? And I guess if you have one experience that you enjoyed, could you? I don't I don't necessarily want to say expound on it, but just give us a little label story if if you have one. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's. It's uh, even if you are an entrepreneur and even if you work in like a smaller team environment, it's just so important to understand how the corporate world functions and, and how to move kind of through it politically and, and navigate it. Um, cause if you don't understand that, then when you ultimately do end up do, doing business with those people, you're going to look unprofessional or you're going to get taken advantage of. So, um, I wouldn't trade my time there for anything. I think it, it gives me a better perspective now. Um, I think, so like I said, I, I, I was in a mailroom at CAA and, um, CAA has a music department, obviously, but is is a lot more than that. Um, for people that don't know, I mean, they have they're a sports agency. They represent artists when they tour. They represent the biggest actors and actresses in the world. They have like a venture capital division. They also consult for brands. They just do so many things. They help they help their their clients um, actually create businesses. So they created like Dwayne Wade's wine with him. Um, they negotiate like his Lee Ning deal. But anyway, I was, I, when I, when I, when I worked there, I, I came in interested in music and I left, um, with just curiosity for so many different sides of, of business and entertainment and, and technology and stuff like that. So being in that environment, being that, in that huge conglomerate and just seeing everything that they actually do on a day to day basis. Um, I think I credit that for, um, me having my hands in a lot of different pots now and having that, that, you know, diverse set of interests and, and being able to move fluidly throughout different industries. 100%. Let's get to the final portion of the pod, which was well, the, for, for, for the final pod, the final segment 
of this uh, interview, which we always do, is the rapid-fire questions. First rapid-fire question that we always ask is, what's your favorite food? Sushi. Sushi? 100%. If you could get sushi from one place, where would it be? Kazunori. All right, all right. If you could go anywhere on vacation, where would you go? Um, Tokyo. Ooh, okay. For that, are you are you any in the slightest bit an anime fan? Because I, I see the sushi. Is, is are you going there more so for the food or the culture? Um, the culture. I wouldn't say I'm an anime fan. I appreciate it, and I appreciate like what, what its place in culture and and all, everyone that is a fan of it. I just personally never got into it myself, but I, I like. I mean, I think hip hop's had a lot of influence on Japan and Japanese culture and um, a lot of really cool like streetwear brands have started out there so I'm, I'm really interested in like the fashion scene in Tokyo and then also the food 100% the question that we asked every guest that we've had on this podcast if you were writing the Matt Hillman movie or directing it whatever it may be how do you want that movie to end oh wow um, how do I want it to end I want it to end with um, obviously a very I want to you know I want to I want to have a very successful career I want to be looked at as someone who was a pioneer and like an innovator in, in, in his field. But I also want to, um, you know, make sure that I didn't let work, you know, run my life. And, and I, I used it as a means to an end to, to create a life, you know, for myself and my family and that I was present for, you know, the important things happening around me. And, uh, I have, you know, a, a happy wife and kids and grandkids, all that shit. 100% taking care of the people I love, taking care of the people you love. I like that answer a lot. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, brother. Tell the people where they can find you on social media. Tell them where they can locate the lighthearted podcast and, and plug anything you got going on right now, brother. Appreciate it. And you can follow, follow me at I Love Maddie Ice on all platforms. You can follow uh, Lighthearted Podcast on Instagram at Lighthearted Podcast and on Twitter at Lighthearted Pod. And then um, you can follow my, my agency, Cut and Sew, uh, on Instagram at Cut, C-U-T, and so, dot L-A. 100%. You guys make sure you go. You guys go follow Matt. And be sure to check out the Lighthearted Podcast. Really great episode for Pels fans out there listening today with Matt, Josh, and Lonzo that just came out. So be sure to check that out. Thank you again, Matt, so much for coming on the pod. We really, really appreciate it. Now let's get back to you, you Lennon, to finish out Bro's <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It Bros Who Ball is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's football season. This is our football preview episode. Joining me, as always, Adam Schubert. Shuby, I introduced you earlier in the pod. The people know you're here, but let me introduce our other co-host of this segment, Mr. Juju Nav. I don't I don't know if we, we say your name. Like, should I say like should I say your name? I just gave you your, your Twitter ad. Go ahead and just uh, say it. We're here with Julian Navarre, my guy. Julian, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. I know you. I, well, look, I know you're doing good because he just got that check. <laughs> I, I know you, cow, you cowboy fans. We're going we're gonna to get into all of that when we talk NFL. But real quick, college football has started. I want to get both of you guys' take on, on what you saw week one in college football and what's exciting you going forward. Let's start with Julian. Okay. Well, you want to know what I, what I saw? First yeah, week? what you saw from week one college football and some of the things you're excited for going forward. I'll be honest, dude, I saw a lot of nothing. And when I say a lot of nothing, I just mean these teams, these big-name teams that we all watch, like Alabama, you know, Oregon, Texas, LSU, they played nobodies. Alabama played Duke. Duke is a basketball school. 
Um, LSU played a nobody. I'm glad we got to see the new offense, but then again, they were a nobody. Even though Georgia uh, State did pretty well last year, they're still a nobody. But uh, Auburn, Auburn didn't play well, and they still won. So what le- what that let me know was there. I can believe their quarterback was like 18 of 31. He played absolutely terrible. They said he made the game winning throw. But he threw the ball short, and the receiver got it. So the receiver made the game-winning catch. Mm, you asked me. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that he's a true freshman. So, you know, that's a hard game for him to come out and play. But what it taught me about Auburn was their defense is for real. Now, whenever Auburn plays a team like Oregon, Oregon's a very fast team. And fast teams come out and score real quick. But after a while, speed goes away. Power stays forever. And once Auburn started laying them licks on them, they started slowing down really, really fast. You saw by the second half, Oregon couldn't put anything on the board. Auburn's defense took over, and they let their lackluster offense, you know, they let them put them in position to score some points on the board. So let me know for the SEC, Auburn, their defense is for real, but that doesn't surprise me. Um. And as far as the other teams, the top teams like Clemson, they didn't play nobody. Honestly, yeah. this week this week is gonna be a good week. They play Texas A and M. Clemson's favored by like seventeen and a half points, and uh, I got Texas A and M on the points. I think Texas A and M is gonna lose, but it's gonna be a closer game than people think. I got LSU beating the shit out of Texas because <laughs> Texas has never seen a defense, and. Uh, you know, Alabama's going to, you know, I'm excited for the SEC football. Pac-12 looks like hot garbage like I expected. Uh, Big 12, no defense. Oklahoma could throw a field day on everybody. Big yeah. 10, Ohio State's going to run ship. So it's all about the SEC. I know who's going to win every division except the SEC. You know, you, you, of course you want to put Alabama, but SEC has too many good teams to just say, okay, Alabama, you know. So, you know, I'm excited for college football. I think the SEC is going to run things this year, but... We'll see. 100%. Before I, I jump into Schubert to get his thoughts on this first week, I want to ask you, uh, in terms of LSU, I know how big of your fan are. Were you impressed by the new look offense? I understand we weren't playing anybody, but did you like what you saw from the coordinator? We're seeing more passing because in the past, they'd have just ran that, that the ball the whole game. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely like a lot more passing, especially with the athletes that we have. I love the spread offense, especially for, co- for college. LSU in the past few years will traditionally have been taking a lot of snaps under center and in college that just isn't a thing until you get to the pros. And also I tell people this, when it comes to LSU, every year, okay, you have diehard LSU fans who know everyone on the team, but then you have your casual LSU fans, you know, who know majority of the key players. If you go ask your casual LSU fans, like, hey, who's the running back? They'll be like, uh, exactly. This is the first year that LSU has a running back. That's not like a name. That's not like a name that just comes off the tip of your tongue. Like you know, we had Leonard Fournette in the past. Darius got you know names like that. So when you have a big name running back like that, who you have a lot of expectations from, you know they're gonna run the ball a lot. Right now we have a running back, John Emery. He's a true freshman. He's really really fast, but he's not really a power back. And they're using a running back from last year, and I can't even think of his name, which is Shat, which, which is Sat. <laughs> I got you, Edward Lair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we don't really have any truly big name running backs. So, of course, we're going to throw the ball more. And, uh, you know, at first when I tell people, you know, we don't have that many big name backs, they're like, oh, wow, you're right. But 
you know, it takes time to grow into this system. I like this new system. They got a new offensive coordinator who's taking things serious. And with Ed Ogeron, the difference between him and Les Miles is Ed Ogeron knows he's not that keen on offense. So he lets a professional offensive coordinator take over and do that thing. That's what I like about Ed Ogeron. That's something that Les Miles wouldn't do. Ed Ogeron does that. I predict this LSU team, I they have the potential to go all the way. They might lose a game, but I believe they have the potential to go all the way. I really like this LSU team and that new spread offense. Yeah, man. It's a good year for Louisiana football. I'm kind of with you. I think they're going to make the playoffs, too. Uh, Shuby, being the big college football guy, what would you think of week one? Well, there was a lot to unpack from what he said, so I kind of need some help in getting getting it all together. Uh, first thing I can think of, Ohio State. Ohio State, I'm actually not that impressed with that win. They had a really hot start. A lot of those were blown Florida Atlantic plays because they're trash. Mm. So uh, if you look at the the last three quarters, it was 21 to 17. And Justin Fields did play a good bit of that game in those middle two quarters. So I'm not I still think the jury's still out in Ohio State. It's just early. It's like what we were, what he was saying with, you know, all the other quarterbacks, you know, Trevor Lawrence played a trash team. Like there were so many mistakes early on in the Clemson game that in, th- in this week's game. If they make those same mistakes, Texas A&M is going to capitalize. Yeah. So, so like you, the jury's still out on Clemson. Like I still think the jury's still out on Alabama. I didn't like a lot of throws too. It did. They really showed that if you know you get one injury to a running back because they couldn't do anything without their running backs in the first quarter. Like what are they going to do without that? You know. And with the, the linebackers, I actually think the linebackers span, panned out. Uh, the guy who's replacing Dylan Moses seems like he's going to be the next Dylan Moses, so I'm not too worried about that. But Auburn hit it on, hit the nail on the head. Bo Nix is a guy who I didn't think should be starting based on the high school he went to, but uh, he did. He was not impressive during that game. He made one lucky throw at the end. That was a great play by his receiver. And I think he deserves all the credit. I think he got carried by his running back and his defense, and that's going to be most of the year for Auburn. I think I don't think that Auburn is going to be a ten-win team. Uh, LSU, love it. I think they look great. I think that it's going to be another LSU Bama for the SEC West, which is going to be great. That's the best of college football always. So. Yeah. Really excited about LSU and everything they got to offer. I think, like what uh, what Julian said, they're going to wipe the floor with Texas next week. I just don't think Texas has faced a team that is as ferocious on defense as LSU and now has the ability to put up points. Texas so. had trouble with freaking LA Tech's defense last like well, last week. I give you that, but let me tell you something about La Tech. I'm not a La Tech fan at all. But that's a team that you don't take lightly. La Tech always has a great quarterback and always has a great, great offense. Last time La Tech played at LSU, it was a close game until the end of the third quarter, and I knew that would happen. La Tech always puts the points on the board. La Tech is a very good team. They're just in a bad conference. conference. Yeah, exactly. But they're always been a very good team. Like they beat the hell out of UL Lafayette like two years, like forty-seven to zero or something like that. Like I knew that would happen. La Tech, when it comes to offense, they're serious. No, 100%. Yeah, Law Tech's got a good coach, too. I'll give them that, but I'm just saying, if Texas can't, LSU still won that La Tech game, and and Texas won, but if if Texas is having trouble with La Tech's defensive line, wait till uh, Kayvon Chasson comes to town and and the rest of that that defense. That's all I'm saying. Let me tell you what, Uh, dude. Grant 
Grant Delph is going to have a field day on Texas. You can mark my words on that one. Well, I'm with you on that because uh, I, I think yeah. he's going to give Carl Sam Ellinger problems. Go ahead, Schubert. Two, two other things uh, with the Pac-12. That I think Utah is going to win the Pac-12, which is really saying something. And then uh, with the Big Ten, I think Jonathan Taylor is your dark horse Heisman right now. I think he was the most impressive player I saw on the field. Does what happened with Oregon hurt Justin Herbert's NFL stock? And I know it's way too early to talk, but I saw a lot of scouts talking. I saw a lot of talking heads on Twitter after that game saying, ooh, his stock went down. Some people are like, you're crazy. I want both of y'all to take. I'll start with Schubert. Do you think this hurts Justin Herbert's stock at all? Uh, I think it's way too early to determine things like that. I mean, you just got to look at the people who are playing in the NFL right now to say – that a person who's performing better in college should be better should be picked over someone who isn't performing that well in college. Because I mean, Jared Goff, like there's there's names that you know, Aaron Rodgers when he was in college, like just because like they're a Pac-12 team out there and they're not performing too hot, uh, doesn't mean that he's not a talented player. And then when given the right right situation, won't perform well, you know. No, one hundred percent. I think he was just on a team that was phys- that was physically unable to play a full entire game against Auburn, who was way m- more physical and had the stamina to outperform them. One hundred percent. I'm gonna change the question up for you, Julian. Did you like what you saw from Justin Herbert, and are you confident in him going to the next level? Listen to this. Me cracking open a beer right now. Let me tell you about Justin Herbert. <laughs> Let me tell you about Justin Herbert. Um, did I like what I saw in the first half? Of course, he was slinging the ball. In the second half, you know, he kind of went away because the offense wasn't able to produce and the defense got in his ass, you know, per se. But, uh, for him, you know, if he would have, he could have came out to the draft last year, I believe, and he would have been a so-called top prospect quarterback and whatnot. But there's a reason he went back because he wasn't ready. And I still don't think he's ready. Um, Albert, SEC defense, especially the, the defensive line, the, the whole defense, is more of an NFL-style defense. That's why some of your best NFL players come from the SEC, you know. And that's him throwing against, you know, uh, a mild NFL defense, you know, a college version and whatnot. And towards the second half, whenever adjustments were made and the game got tight, he wasn't able to put any points on the board. That is not a good look. Now, does it hurt his stock? I believe it hurts his stock a little. Yes, you know, the thing to defend him is it is very early in the league, in the year. But another thing to get on him, he's in the Pac-12. He's never going to see another defense like that again until he gets to a bowl game, depending upon who they play on the bowl game. Because I know uh, you think uh, – Shubes thinks Utah will win the Pac-12, and I understand why. Good coach and a good quarterback, they move well. I think yeah. Oregon's probably going to win the Pac-12. That's just me. I'm not – that big into the Pac-12 because it's not good. For, <laughs> it's just not good football in my opinion right now. No, it's done. With Especially with USC's quarterback being out, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, he got hurt exactly. So, you know, I, I don't think you you know the thing about whenever you get to the NFL is the SEC prepares you for the NFL. He's in a conference that's just like a step above high school right now. I feel he's not. You throw him to the NFL, it's a deer in the headlights. He'd have to sit behind somebody for a while. And, you know, gradually learn. I don't think you could really throw him in an NFL offense or he'd be ready. I think his draft stock might drop a little bit. But quarterbacks are so scarce and they don't grow on trees that someone's going to take him. So, that's you know, that's just my opinion on him. 
I just I think there's going to be way better quarterbacks in this in this you know draft. You know, like Absolutely. way like he's. I think he's going to only going to be maybe the fifth best one. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, so yeah, no, I agree I, with that. The other thing I would give to defend him though is, like I said, his team could not physically perform against Auburn's team. There's no way no. that his receivers could have out you know outran the defenders. There's no yeah, way his make offensive line could make the blocks. Like there's. It's just if you put him in a different situation, then maybe it's different. So, like, I think that what's going to be more important for him is when he gets to the combine and if his intangibles prove what they think it's going to prove. He has like, the arm. He, he puts yeah. this on the ball. He has the arm. And, you know, you, 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 I'll give you that. It's the talent around him. They couldn't hang with Auburn. Once Auburn started laying them licks, them licks add up at, over time. You're not running as fast once you've been hit by some of them big boys a few times. So, and that's you know, the thing we'll, that we'll I see. noticed was just because the announcers were like, when when Oregon's doing its stuff, they have they play at a right tempo, they play high pace, and it's like those dudes couldn't keep that tempo up all game because of those licks <laughs> they were getting. By the time you get in the second half, I mean, look, the running back, the starting running back, who people thought was going to do a good job, he couldn't play most of the game because he kept taking major licks. So I agree with with what you guys said. I'm excited for college football. I'm waiting. Can we take a second to trash Tennessee? Oh, go ahead. Do what you got. Do what you want to do because I know you hate Tennessee. So Tennessee fans, if you're out there listening, I'm sorry because your team sucks and you shouldn't root for them anymore. Dude, they've and, been sucking for years. <laughs> yes, and you know, I like this idea that Alabama gave you Jeremy Pruitt because we're sabotaging you because that would be awesome. Because I hope that you lose all the rest of your games, and Georgia State <laughs> and the Fun Belt kicked your ass. And, you know, so. I'll give you this thing about, you know, Georgia State in the fun belt. Um, UL, they played Mississippi State in the Superdome. UL played very well. Yes. Very well. And they only lost by 10, I believe. And that was at the end of the fourth quarter. It was They were tied up going into the third quarter. They played very well. That shocked me. And that says something about uh, Coach Billy Napier. So I'm excited to see what UL is going to do within the next two to three years, especially. They're going into some more bowl games. but They got nice players, and there's some of them are that, young. Exactly, and their quarterback seems to be pretty well, you know, pretty good. So I'm excited to see what this UL team is going to do. So you know, you got to get shout out to the hometown team. But yeah, no, Georgia State played absolutely well. Tennessee, I, that's about right. That's all I can say. That's I, I got. It's, it's a shame because <laughs> Alabama, Alabama gets to play them every year, but but LSU gets to play Florida. What kind of shit is that, dude? Old rivalries. Mm. But. but uh, but no, like m- mentioning the Sun Belt one thing, like I think because Nebraska's ranked, it's worth noting they're absolute trash. They're going to lose this week to Colorado because they're terrible, and they only beat South Alabama because of two chump plays that South Alabama gave up because their quarterback threw a pick six and fumbled, and then it was a punt return for a touchdown. Other than that, South Alabama outscored them, so uh, they're going to get whooped by Colorado this weekend. Mark it. 100%. Well, let's get into uh, we're about to do our, our NFL breakdown where we're giving you division winners, wild card winners, MVP, um, f- conference finals, and then Super Bowl. But real quick, our guy Lonzo Ball is in the swamp today. He's in New Orleans making his presence known. He's he's hunting gators in the they literally got Lonzo in a fucking pierogi with some homie feeding alligators. This shit is hilarious. But I brought up basketball just real quick just to ask you and since the last time we had him on the pod, his Lakers have gone through some turmoil. Do you feel that LeBron still has the best 
shot to win the NBA Finals with the loss of DeMarcus Cousins, adding um, Dwight Howard. How do you feel about this this Lakers team now? I'm not betting against the King. And you know what? Dwight Howard, he's been injured the past few years. Look, I'll tell you this. When healthy, he's going to give you if, – if he's if he's fully healthy for the Lakers this year, and I believe that he will be, I can count on him to give me like 14 and 10, 14 and 11. That's all I need, okay? That's that's all I need. The thing between him and DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins could stretch the floor a little bit more, but Dwight Howard is going to give me a rebound. He will give no, me I a rebound. I give you that. And, and uh, he'll add some defensive help to uh, Anthony Davis because he, he he can block shots and alter shots. So Yes, and he wants to play center. DeMarcus Cousins, here's the thing. DeMarcus Cousins is a center. DeMarcus Cousins has a decent shot. I'll give him that. Marcus Cousins is a center, but, you know, he kind of wants to play a little guard. Dwight Howard wants is a center, and he wants to play center. So I, I think they'll make it work. Look, LeBron, whether you, you love him or hate him, he's a basketball genius, and there's a way to make things work. He'll make it work. And if not, there could be some trades around January. Where, yeah. you know, <laughs> which I kind of expect, but you know, Lonzo coming out. I wish he was out here um, within the past three weeks. Like he doesn't come out here, and I understand why, because Los Angeles is awesome as his hometown. But Zion and the other two, Jackson Hayes and uh, Nikhil Harris and whatnot. Yeah, you know they've been out here LSU games. You know they're trying to keep those three together, uh, get some good relationships and good rapport around them because they know they want to build their franchise throughout them. And whatnot, I just wish Lonzo, even though, you know, New Orleans is not L.A. and the weather is terrible over here, I just wish he He'd was spend out more here time. a little bit more. It's, I, it's just, dude, just come here once a week. Josh Hart has made some time over here to put his face around. Just come out every now and then, dude. But, well, I'll give know, him the credit. He just, he just got here, so he, he's out in the swamps right now. He's chilling. Yeah, he's trying. He's, he's, he's making I mean, an effort. So someone's got to get in his ear about it because, like, this is not something he's ever grown up around because you can give it to Jackson Hayes and, like, Zion. They've been in the South. They understand, like, you know, co- college football. Like, we'll go in there. We'll rile up the, the fans there. We'll, we know how to appease the base where Lonzo's like, I'm L.A. I'm cool. Like, I'm just going to roll <laughs> in, play basketball, Dude, and maybe exactly. go back to L.A. Yeah, you this, Lonzo be- doesn't know. Lonzo doesn't know. If they produce, if they produce, he will be – him and Zion, but Lonzo too will be one of the biggest stars if he produces yeah, he in this area. Because let me tell you, his father—they have so many people in New Orleans that are just like Levar Ball. It is ridiculous. Levar Ball looks like a Saints fan. He acts like a Saints. Fan. <laughs> I mean, so many people. Just think about it. How many people you think if Lonzo starts hooping like I know he will, or we believe he can be? Think how many people. Levar Ball is going to move to New Orleans. It'll be his yeah. second home. Yes. So many people just like I'm surprised he hasn't done it already. Because he doesn't know yet. Wait, just wait until Lonzo starts ball. Lavar ball. That's the thing. People who run their mouth and big ballers. What's Lavar ball? Someone who runs his mouth and he's a big baller. It's like you would think he's from New Orleans if he comes here. I'm telling you. And the funny thing is, like, New Orleans will love Lonzo if he balls. That's the thing. If he balls, we will hold him up as our own. And like, he doesn't know that. He do- he doesn't know that. Like everybody in, in Louisiana will have big baller brand sneakers. Like, like he people will start supporting him. So that you you make a good point about that. Let's get into the NFL breakdowns. We're gonna start with the we're gonna start with the AFC because that's my least least favorite conference. But I do feel that it's stronger. Mm. Than it was last year. We're gonna start off with the AFC East. Uh, I'm gonna alternate between you two guys, and I'll always go last. Let's start with Schubert. Schubert, give me your division winner from the AFC East, and if you think one of your wild card teams come from the AFC East, then you could say it here. Oh, that's easy. It's Patriots. 
and no wild card. Okay, 100%. Julian, same thing for you, AFC East. Well, same thing he said. Patriots, no wild card. I think the Jets are going to be good. Jets might make the wild card next year. This year, they're building. They might go 7-9 and nine with Patriots, of course. See, I'm yeah, with Dolphins you on that. are tanking. Dolphins are tanking. I think the Jets are going to be one of those teams that uh, might cause one of the other AFC teams not to make the playoffs because I'm with you. I think I see them around that seven and nine range, maybe even eight and eight if they're lucky. I think the Bills have a chance to be at like seven and nine, six and ten. I think the Bills will be a little bit better because that defense is legit. It just comes down to Josh Allen. I'm picking the Patriots winning the division as well. Let's go to the AFC East. We'll start with Julian first. This you just said I mean, East. the AFC West. The AFC West. I'm sorry. Chargers. Oh well. Oh no. Wait. 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 That's Chargers and Chiefs. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be close between them two. And I would not be surprised. My dark horse is the Chargers. I feel like it's their year. I. I, I just feel it. You know. Unfortunately, Derwin James is gone. Yeah, I was about to say. But I. I just. I have a feeling. I have no idea why. You know, Andy Reid. They start to figure him out over time, especially when he gets in the playoffs. I think. I think the Chargers might win the AFC West. I just have a feeling. I don't know why. It's one of those things. If they do make the AFC West, do you have the Chiefs as a wild card team? Oh, absolutely. They're both oh, going. Okay. Both teams are going to the playoffs regardless. Okay, yeah, that's word. a lot. That's, that's, all right, Shubert, you got the same thing? Yeah, well, not the same thing. I do think the Chiefs are going to win the division. Uh, but, yeah, I have the Chargers right there. Like, the Chargers are going to be a wild card team that probably has a better record than a lot of the teams that win divisions. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with y'all on that. I got the Chiefs winning the division, and I have the Chargers as the sixth place. Actually, no, I don't. I don't. I lie. I, I think the Chargers missed out on it just by a little bit. I think the Derwin James injury affects it. I think Melvin Gordon affects it. I think there's a lot of things with the Chargers that I think stops them injuries and players not being there because I actually have both wild cards teams coming from the next division, the AFC North. I'm going to start with Julian with this one just because I know how Julian feels about the AFC North. Julian, who do you have as the division leader? And if you have any wild card teams coming from the AFC North, who would they be? Pittsburgh, 100%. They got the better owner, better quarterback, better coach, better offensive line. I'm going Pittsburgh, 100%. Cleveland still has another year to get that rapport together. They're all a bunch of talkers right now. They have Their defense is pretty solid, but their offensive line isn't, you know, isn't the best right now. You know, they have a lot of weapons and firepower on offense, Cleveland, but I'm going with Pittsburgh. Veteran coach, veteran quarterback, veteran ownership, stable organization. I cannot bet against Pittsburgh. And if you're a betting man, Pittsburgh, Cleveland's favorite to win the division, go ahead and put your money on Pittsburgh and thank me later. That's all I got to say. 100%. Do you have a wild card team coming from the AFC North? Uh, I Cleveland. Cleveland. I want to. Okay. It's either Cleveland or Baltimore. I want to say close. It's gonna be so close. It's ridiculous. So I'm just guessing. I, oh, Cleveland. I guess Cleveland. I want to say Baltimore, but probably Cleveland this year. One hundred percent. Schubert, who you got for the AFC North? Yeah, I am a hundred percent with Julian. I am not buying into the Browns until I see it from my own eyes. And I'm going with the Steelers because the Steelers just – they improved this offseason. They did not – where people may think, oh, you lose Le'Veon Bell, you lose Antonio Brown, you were not the same team. They got better. So I, I like the Steelers winning the North, and 
like like we were just saying, coin flip for that. Still, you got I got to believe it when I see it. So Baltimore, I, I I like Lamar Jackson. I feel like that in the today's NFL, you're gonna make the running quarterback work. We're gonna see what happens with Kyler Murray. So uh, let's say they make Lamar Jackson do well. I think with Mark Ingram and the running backs, they got a, a good little ensemble back there. We'll see what Baltimore does. I think that they're more of a team with a solid defense and an offense that can maybe just get them by to get into the wild card. Shoot is absolutely right because let me tell you about Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson can get a lot better in the passing game. Um, he's not sure. He's he improved. A lot of poise. He, he, every year at Louisville, you look at his stats from Louisville for the first three years, Every year he got better as a passer as the team got worse. I expect the same trend to happen in the NFL as well. So uh, 100%. You know, it's it's a coin. It's really a coin flip. Yeah. Well, see, the, the, me, the main thing with Cleveland, man, is like that coaching staff, man. I can't trust that. Uh, I mean, he, he makes a good interview. That's it. Freddie Kitchen. I. <laughs> he makes a good <laughs> interview. Oh, Alabama boy. That's about it. Exactly. I'm going with, see, I'm a little different from y'all. I do have the Steelers winning the division. That does not change because I agree. I think good coach who has a lot to prove to show that he has his locker room under control and he is the one. He just got his extension. That's not over their heads. So he has a lot to prove that this is still his team and still he can still be a winning coach the second highest winning percentage in the playoffs under Bill Belichick of active coaches. So Mike Tomlin has a little to prove. I also think Ben Roethlisberger is one of those quarterbacks that's going to come out. He has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove that it wasn't Antonio Brown. It wasn't Le'Veon Bell. I actually have Big Ben in my MVP race. I don't think he wins it, but I think he puts up a lot of numbers this year. I do have Pittsburgh winning the division, but I think this might be one of their last years winning the division because one of my wildcard team, the fifth seed, is the Cleveland Browns. I think, look, Baker Mayfield is the real deal. I think the only problem when it comes to Cleveland is with Julian said the mouths can the mouths be quiet can odell understand that this is a team game can jarvis landry rein him in you're with your best friend you've always wanted to be with your best friend now it's time to play football can you produce on the field and i think he will can the defense can miles garrett lead the defense and get other production from other people they need ward to be well in the secondary they need olivia vornan to help miles garrett rush the edge they need those linebackers to contain the defense is where i have concerns but I do think they're the fifth-ranked seed in the wild card, and my sixth wild card seed is the Baltimore Ravens. I think three playoff teams come from the AFC. North. Oh wow! For oh, everything wow. y'all just for everything y'all just said, Baltimore is a great defense. They will control offense by controlling the run game, and the question comes down to can Lamar Jackson help with the passing game to push Baltimore further along in the playoffs? So I have three teams coming from the AFC North. That's why the Chargers aren't in for me because I think this is one of the best divisions in football. But let's move to the AFC South. We'll start with Schubert. This is the one that I might have had to, uh, a wildcard team come from the AFC South before the major Andrew Luck news. But now I do not. Schubert, how do you feel about the AFC South? I agree with that point. Um, so without Andrew Luck, I do like Joe Jacoby Brissett. I think they still have a shot. I think this is one of the conference or not conferences but divisions that is kind of really wide open. I think the Jaguars have a shot at it. I think the Titans could have a shot at it. The Colts could have a shot at it. But for me, I'm picking the Texans. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's one of the future hot quarterbacks of the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins is probably one of the best receivers, if not the best one 
in the NFL right now. And they even added more weapons. They got Will Fuller. They have Kenny Stills. They just got Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, which I don't know if he's going to be all he's cracked up to be. But at least they're trying. <laughs> at least they're trying to improve some yeah, support for Deshaun Watson. And um, you know they lose Jadavion Clowney. But the thing about Jadavion Clowney is he's only a big playmaker. He's not that guy that's going to go in there and give you every every play on the defense. So it really isn't that big of a loss. They still have J.J. Watt. They still have Merciless. So they still have a really b- big-time D-line. So I think that they're going to be able to have a solid defense, an offense that could be explosive if Deshaun Watson stays healthy. And I think Duke, Watt, Duke Johnson Jr. getting the starting role is, uh, is probably an upgrade over Lamar Miller. Interesting. All right, Julian, who do you have in the AFC South? Before I go ahead and tell you who I have, I'm going to tell you two things. The AFC South is the most wide-open division of football because every team has a legitimate chance. That's one. Two, I have Houston, Texas. But before I mention Deshaun Watson, I will always mention that the Chicago Bears were smoking crack for choosing Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck they were thinking, but that's their problem. That's their fault. Like Dabo Sweeney said, you passing up on Deshaun Watson, you passing up on Michael Jordan. I've seen him do too many things to write him off. So yeah. I have the Houston Texans taking it due to the fact that they finally got a left tackle. And Laramie Tunsil, I believe he will be everything that he's cracked up to be because what I saw in the combine was he was 6'5", 330, and had a 40-inch vertical and ran a 49 or 5 flat basically making him the most athletic man pound for pound, not even just pound for pound, just in general with his size and weight, the most athletic man in that draft. So I have the Houston Texans. I mean, they have Deshaun Hopkins. I mean, wow, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who, I mean, he's double coverage all the time. They never really had another number two receiver who could really attract attention, and he still made plays, DeAndre Hopkins. He has hands like no other. But now they finally added Kenny Stills, who's a real deep threat. So you, you're going to have to pull his free safety over every time he comes in the field because he could really make a play. So I think it's going to free up uh, DeAndre Hopkins a lot. I have full trust in Deshaun Watson. And their defense, you know, they lost to Davian Clowney. They went from great to good. So, I'm, you know, I'm not really worried about that. You know, you got Deshaun Watson. He's, he's had injury history, so that means he's a little injury prone. It's right now it's time to protect them. So I understand them getting rid of Jadavion Clowney and taking care of Deshaun Watson. The only problem that I have with the Houston Texans is the coach. I'm not a fan of Bill O'Brien. I think he's a terrible coach. Um, I, I'll give you an example of why I think he's a terrible coach real quick. They had a game last season. It was the last game of the season. They already had, they already had the division one, and he had Deshaun Watson play that whole fourth quarter while getting sacked the whole time, knowing that he was injury-prone. Why? I don't know. He, he wouldn't pull Deshaun Watson out of the game. If I was the owner, he was coming out the game. He would have got a yeah. message from up top and things. I don't know if you guys remember that. but No, Deshaun was getting hit the whole time, man. He was getting hit man. the whole game, and he was kept him in the game. They already had the division on, you know, under wraps and stuff like that. I'm just not a big fan of Bill O'Brien. I think he's a big gimmick, but... Well, you know, we'll see. I still have him winning the division, but dude, it's gonna be a close division because I believe in Nick Foles. Jacksonville still has a tough defense. Marcus Mariota has something to prove, and I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's bad. He's not bad yeah, at I, all. Actually. No, he's not. I don't. 
I don't either. And this is the division where it's hard because I wanted to put one of these other teams in my wild card, but I really just think the AFC North is so loaded that like th- these teams might not do as well because I agree with what both of y'all said. I like Jacoby Brissett. I think as long as he, I thought with Andrew Luck, they were a 10 to 11 win team. And I think Luck was the reason for two of those games. So you take away two out of an 11 to 10 when you're around eight, nine, maybe seven. Can Jacoby Brissett give them that extra oomph where the defense isn't playing well, our offense really isn't doing too much, but it's still a close game. Like one of those late Tennessee games, nobody's really hyped. Can Jacoby come through, do some magic, and win us this game instead of us losing? That's what we have yet to see, and that's why I couldn't pick them. Houston, my problem with them is their defense went from great to good, but their defense saves them a lot when their offensive line wasn't blocking. I still don't know if I believe in that offensive line, but I agree with everything I said. I love Deshaun Watson. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't know if they have enough. I'm going with Jacksonville. My whole thing with Jacksonville is this. They have one of the best, if not the best, defenses in football. And for you to go from an upgrade from a no quarterback, a no-nothing quarterback who can't get the ball across the, the line, to now having a, a Super Bowl MVP. And whether you feel about Nick Foles or not, when Nick Foles has a good team around him, he produces. All he has to do is be a game manager. He doesn't have to go change the game. He doesn't have to go change the dynamics. If he can get some passes to allow Leonard Fournette to open up and run, this offense will be reinvigorated. And I think the Jaguars win the AFC South. So that, that's our AFC. Uh, y'all have y'all's wild card picks is the Chargers and the Browns. That's for Julian. Schubert has the Chargers and the Ravens. And we all have the Patriots. Uh, we all have the Chiefs. We all have the Steelers as the division leader. And y'all have the Texans. And I have the Jags. My wild card differs because I don't have the Chargers. I have the Ravens and the Browns. All right, cool. Let's move to the NFC. Let's start with the NFC East. And I would start with you, Schubert, but your team's not that good. <laughs> so I'm going to start with with uh, Julian because his team is actually good, and they just signed their, their star running back. So let's start with Julian. Julian, how do you see the NFC East shaping out? The Cowboys. I mean, look, it's going to be hard. This would be between the Cowboys and the Eagles, but 100% the Cowboys. They have the easier schedule. That's why I say that. They have the easier schedule. Uh, I was watching on TV. Someone said they had, like, the top three easiest schedules in the NFL this year or something like that. That's one thing. And two, with the Eagles, Carson Wentz, I'm worried about can he stay healthy the whole season? You know? They have yeah. everything's good around him. They have a great defensive line, especially. They have great offense. Can he stay healthy? That's it. But I personally have the Cowboys, and this is not even the bias in me speaking. They just have an easier schedule. They'll be a little bit more well-rested, I believe. And I trust Dak to make an improvement this year. It's his fourth year coming in. He wins games. You can say what you want about Dak (laughs) Prescott. He wins games. Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to eat. And they have the full offensive line this year. Every year there's always had something. Right now, this year, they have the full offensive line. He's going to eat this year. They're going to control the ball. They have a great defense. The defense is a uh, very young. They a, they're young and they want it talented. The way the way Dallas runs the football, they're going to stay on the field a long time on the offense. Therefore, giving the defense a lot of rest. If the defense can only play twenty eight minutes to thirty minutes a game, it's lights out. Yeah, so and my, Dallas winning that division. I'm with you. Do you have any any uh, wild card teams coming from the NFC East? Um, the Eagles and 
the Saints. Okay, those are your wild card teams. We'll get to the talking yeah. about the Saints, and we'll talk about the Eagles in a little bit. I, I agree with you with the Cowboys. I think that as long as Zeke and, and Dak do their job and control the offensive offensive side, the defense won't be on that side the most. And I think my only biggest problems with the Cowboys' defense, it's not their defensive line. It's not their linebackers because, my gosh, the Flying Dutchman and Jalen Smith are incredible. I, I just have problems with their secondary. But like we said, if they can control that offense, the secondary won't have to be on the field that much. And if they can limit that, that defense will shine. And Schubert, who do you have winning the AFC East? I mean, the NFC who, East. Who do I want to have winning the NFC East? No, 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 or... no, no. Not who do you want to have. <laughs> who do you have? Uh, the Giants are winning for a while. Okay, so I, I – I have to be biased. I cannot pick the Cowboys to win the NFC East. Like that's just an, I can't do that. It just it would hurt my soul. But I have the Eagles, and I feel like the Eagles, if Carson Wentz does stay healthy, are the better team. Um, but I do have the Cowboys making the wild card. So okay. I, I would like to say about the Eagles, like Carson Wentz. Yes, defense is amazing. You know, I think they added a lot of veterans, which I think is important. Like youth is great. But at the end of the day, the teams that win championships have good veterans. And so I think that's important with Cowboys. Man, like I think the one thing that you guys didn't mention is the receiving core. I like Michael Gallup and I like Amari Cooper. If we And we bring back Jason Witten as a tight end. I think that Jason Witten's going to come back and try and bring some stability to a younger team. And I think that the Cowboys are really dangerous. So I definitely think they make the playoffs. I'm with you, Schubert, for what you said about their receiving core, because I love Michael Gallup. I love Amari Cooper. And something to what Julian said, if Dak takes the next steps and he's no longer dink and dunk and he can transfer from getting 20-yard passes, 30-yard passes, 40-yard passes, and he can actually read the defense and, and throw the ball down the field, stretch the defense, and allow the defense to kind of open up and breathe a little more so Zeke can get in, make holes for Zeke through his passing, I think the Cowboys are talented. I think they're good, and the reason why I have them winning the division is because of the point that Julian said, the strength of schedule. He, he took my point, Julian. I was, I was going to come here and say talk about their strength of schedule, but no. Oh, I, I know the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys so well. Go ahead. Then. It's a really easy schedule. All they have to do is get through that hump of Saints, Green Bay. It's that, it's that middle stretch. If they can get through that middle stretch, the beginning and the easy are good, and I expect the Cowboys to at least start 3-0 and this season. And The, that's the one thing I will say about strength of schedule is I do feel like with the Eagles as well, I think both teams have almost guaranteed four wins because, yeah, see, no, because the Giants and the Redskins are both trash. Yep, no, 100%. And I think because of that, the Eagles are one of my wild card team. They are the fifth seed, and I think uh, they, they, they have a, a – Whereas the Cowboys may have 11-10 wins, the Eagles may have 10-9. Like, I think they're they're right with each other in the division. I just put the nod to the Cowboys. All right, let's go to the NFC West where I'm going to have a controversial pick. I, but I'll start with Schubert. Schubert, who do you have winning the NFC West? Well, I feel like the reason that I really kind of ended up making sports takes on this podcast was because I went with the Rams. So I'm just going to always just stick with the Rams. So Rams. <laughs> okay, where, like, do you have a, a wild card team coming from this division? I do actually. I really like the Seahawks. I like Ooh. Russell Wilson. I like you know. I feel like people sleep on their power run, their power run game, and then they do have receivers that could stretch the field. Um, the Seahawks are a dangerous team, and pe- I don't think people take give them enough credit. Adding to Davion Clowney, I did knock him a little bit earlier, but again, he makes big plays, so, and so we'll it see what works happens. Back. 
better for the Seahawks because the Seahawks needed that type of that oomph of that player and it solidifies that defense. It's making a new young defense that is strong. And I really like the Seahawks. Like and, the picks. And and again, when we're talking about scheduling, you know, the 49ers have a chance to be bad once again, but again, they could be good. So that's what well, this is the thing about the the NFC West. We don't know about the 49ers or the Cardinals because we haven't really seen what the 49ers could be with Garoppolo and we don't know what the Cardinals are going to put out but I mean it could be either way it could be another situation where you have four guaranteed wins for those two teams or like it could really be shaky I see San Francisco as the Jets of this division I see them as like a seven and nine team a team that'll push people but I don't think they they're quite ready just yet to make the playoffs but I think next year when we have this conversation, we'll look at what San Francisco did this past year and like, okay, Jimmy G's a good quarterback. They're a, they're a player two away from really making some noise. Julian, who do you have in the NFC West? I got the Seahawks coming out. Thank and you. Yeah. Dude, that's what I got. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not because, I mean, it's, you know, they're a very good team. Last year, they were, it's funny, last year they made it to the playoffs and they weren't really that good of a team. I think they would be better this year. But, it's more against the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to do as well as they did Same. last year. I don't have the Rams reason. making the wild card. Me either. And let me tell you why. So I think the league is going to figure out Sean McVay pretty quick, for one. And two, through the Rams' first five games, I got them going like three and two. And I'll tell you why. They didn't practice. They practiced, but none of their starters played the preseason. Therefore, I don't believe that their offensive timing – is on schedule, if you get what I'm saying. They, the quarterback yeah, I mean, didn't even play the preseason, I don't believe. I I have something against that. Like, I know you want to protect your players and you want to be, uh, you know, new and modern and have this high level of thinking and whatnot, but that this is the NFL, dude. We know what works. And I, I heard this. Last year, whenever the Patriots beat them in the Super Bowl, Bill, I heard that Bill Belichick took some defensive schemes and plays from, like, the 1980s from when Sean McVay was like five years old or from the 70s and 80s before he was born or when he was like five years old to throw him off, to, to show him some defenses that he's never seen before. Really? You know, that just says a lot. Of, yeah, that just says a lot about Bill Belichick. Yeah, like, right. Over, over, <laughs> yeah, over time. That was why he's such a good damn coach, man. Exactly. Uh, I think the league's going to kind of figure out Sean McVay. Todd Gurley isn't the same. Nope. He might have a game or two, but – their game, their offense was really predicated off the run game. They ran the ball a hell of a lot, and with you know Todd Gurley, he, look, he might have a good game or two, but at the end of the day, once you have so many knee issues and stuff, it's not the same. It's the not wear and tear. He might there. start off hot, but the wear and tear over the season is going to come up to him by the middle of the season. You know, you'll be able to see it just like Drew Brees' shoulder. Whenever I explain that, you know, the Jesus. wear and tear eventually starts to show. Let's hold off on that, man. Get <laughs> <laughs> to the Saints. <laughs> but no, no I, okay. The reason I'm with you, I'm, I agree with everything you said, and I have the same picks as you do. I have Seahawks winning the division because of what Schubert said. Jadavian Clowney, you add that to that already bubbling defense, that young defense that they're putting together, and it's and it's works. It works for them. You add DK Metcalf, and I know people are like, oh, he's just athletic, blah blah blah. Russell Wilson will build a rapport with him. Chris Carson's now the starter. You have another back in Rashard Penny, a good back to help the run game. I really like this team. I also think of, like what Julian said, the reason why I don't have the Rams making it, I feel like Sean McVay will be figured out. But also, more importantly than that, strength of schedule. When the Rams start off against the Panthers, Saints, and Browns, I don't know if they start off 2-1. and one. 
I really don't. I, I, I'm not going to say they start off 0-3, but I don't think they start off 2-1. Then you go Bucks, Seahawks, 49ers. Another hard stretch with the Falcons right after that 49ers game. You take off with the Bengals. You go Steelers, Rams. I mean, you go Steelers, Bears, Ravens. That's another Murray's row that I don't think they win majority of that, those games. And you end the season with the Seahawks, Cowboys, and 49ers. That, that That's a tough, tough schedule. I don't think the Rams make the playoffs. And I don't think they make the wild card. That's where I'm with it. Let's jump over now to the NFC North, which I think is an interesting division. I have one wild card team. We know Julian's. I have the Eagles. Schubert, let's get to you. What do you think of the NFC North? And do you have any wild card teams coming from this division? I'm out of wild card teams. Oh, oh, you yeah, you have the Rams and the you have the Rams and the Eagles or the Seahawks and the well, Eagles. Cowboys. Okay. Seahawks Cowboys, and Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, 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 100%. All right, well, who do you have uh, winning the NFC North? The Vikings. What? <laughs> Wait, explain. Give me your reasonings. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're slept on. Honestly, okay. do. Man, I, I do not like Kirk Cousins this year. Like, I, I could give you some stats of his win percentages against winning against winning teams. It's like one in five, one in like eight. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of bad stats. I don't know. I think there's going to be some kind of issue with the Packers. I think that I just don't. I don't have. I have a bad feeling about it. I got a okay. bad feeling about them. And with, with the Bears, like I don't like Trubisky, man. There's too many. Like what Julian said, they made the biggest mistake of their life picking Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like the Vikings put up a solid squad. Kirk uh, Cousins right. is a manager, and he's got some talented players around him and a talented defense. So let's see what they can do. My rebuttal to that is I think that defense is getting old. It's a lot of big names, but I just think that defense isn't as explosive. But I like your pick. I'm not going to hate on your pick. We're going to see if if I'm right or you're right. Let's go to Julian. Julian, who do you have in the NFC North? Hey, look, bro, listen to this. That's another Another beer. I said I I wouldn't drink another beer, but after I heard that bullshit coming out your boy's mouth, I said, let me go ahead. Let me tell you something. You tell me how many... Prime time games Kirk Cousins have, and I tell you how many losses you have. <laughs> you know he can't play in prime time. But I got Green Bay winning the division. <laughs> I think I think Aaron Rodgers is 100% healthy. I think he's on a mission, and I never forgot that he's the best thrower. Of the, I think I personally think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He just doesn't have the team and the accolades. His defense, especially the secondary, drastically improved. He has yes. a new coach. And I think we're going to see a lot of brand new stuff for him. So I think he's going to come out to a hot start. They have the Bears versus the Packers. The first game, the Bears are favored by three because it's at home. And the Bears already put my money on the Packers. As a matter of fact, I'll put my money on the Packers winning the division. And if you're a betting man, I'll tell you this. If you have Green Bay winning the division and the Steelers winning the division and you parlay $100 on it, you'll win 800 Oh, look, Julian giving good bet now. You win eight hundred. I really take it to Biloxi. I already put it on Bovada with the Bitcoin, but whatever. You're right. I should have took it to Biloxi. But I'll tell you this, dude. I really have a hundred percent faith in Aaron Rodgers. And when it comes to Minnesota, my limitations are on Kirk Cousins. I think Dang. they'll play a lot of close games. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel that Kirk Cousins could really get a really get it done. That, that, no. that, that's just my take on him and whatnot. He's Whenever the pressure comes, and whenever you got close games, you got pressure. He folds under pressure, and 
they, they're a great team. I'll give you that. They have a tremendous coach, but I just don't think he deals well with pressure. He got his money, though. No, so I, far, I, I agree with that. Hey, no, I agree with you at 100% when it comes on Kirk Cousins. I actually have, and this is interesting, I have my other wild card team coming from this division. I have the Packers winning the division, but I have the Bears making the wild card. I agree with everything Julian said. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the best quarterback in the NFL. I understand Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. That's the next generation. But until they pass up that bad man in Green Bay, he's still a bad man for a reason. He, to me, is the, not only is he the best quarterback in the NFL right now, I think Tom Brady is the GOAT due to rings. But if you ask me who's a better thrower of the football, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does things with that with that old Green Bay team who didn't have weapons, who didn't have a good defense. He made he made miracles happen. And to now have a solid defense, not just a not just a solid defense, a, a good defense to help him out in some of those games. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be A-OK. And like he said, like Julian said, with that new coach, uh, Matt LaFleur, yes, he hasn't in Tennessee, his offense didn't look that spectacular, but he comes from that Sean McVay tree that in I, I just think. Matt LaFleur and, and, and Aaron Rodgers are going to make some magic, but I'm not holding it out because I think the Bears make the wild card. I like Matt Nagy as a play caller. I think he enhances Mitchell Trubisky. In no sense of the form do I think Mitchell Trubisky is better than Deshaun Watson or one of the up-and-comers. I feel he is a game manager, and with that good defense of the Bears, if Matt Nagy's play calling can elevate Mitchell Trubisky, then I think they have enough talent to make a wild card slot. Let's jump to the NFC South. We'll start with Julian first. Julian, who do you have from the NFC South winning? Because we know your wild card is the Saints. Look, that division is another one that's wide open, and people underestimate Tampa Bay. And I'll tell you one thing about Tampa Bay. They have a brand-new coach. They have yeah, two I'm- new coaches. They have a head, brand-new head coach and a brand-new um, defensive coach. So that's that's a lot. Of, that's a lot to take in. You're looking at brand new schemes, and Bruce Arians is a quarterback guru. Also, their offense with Mike Evans and James. Look, people hate on James Winston. I'm a big Florida State fan. They're not going to have a problem scoring. James Winston has been through three different offenses, three different coaches, I think, in his first. This is going to be his fifth year, five years. That's a recipe for disaster. So don't count Tampa Bay out all the way. But I'll tell you that division's wide open. I have no idea. If I'm going to go for a guess, I might say Atlanta. Because on Atlanta last year, everybody was hurt, especially the defense. The linebacker, the main one, Deion Jones, their leader on the defense, was hurt. And, you know, they went 7-9 and nine last year, I believe. And Matt Ryan had a really good year last year. But his defense, you know, they played a lot of close games. And their team was hurt. I personally believe the Saints are going to take a, take a step back. I believe they peaked last year. Like last year, they fully peaked. Drew Brees is getting older. They got rid of Mark Ingram, and people don't think that's a big deal. But Mark Ingram was the type of back that you want on third and two. That was a third and two back to get those hard yards, you know. Um, they added a new linebacker, which I like. Yeah, I like but the Saints getting Kiko. <laughs> you know, Kiko. But ultimately, I think the, ta- the Saints take a step back due to the fact that they peaked the last year and the year before and whatnot, and they've had two heartbreaking losses. Don't be surprised if the Saints go like nine and seven or something like that. You know, it's, they're going to play close games, but uh, for some reason, I just feel like the Saints can. But you know, if Carolina went ahead and win the division, 
look, whoever wins the division other than Tampa Bay, it would not surprise me. That's all I got to say. But what I said about Tampa Bay, that you're not about to get an easy win out of them. But yeah, it's, it's not going to be like the previous it's, it's years. It's really a toss-up. I'm going to say Atlanta. Wouldn't surprise me if the Saints won. Wouldn't surprise me if Carolina won. All due to Kansas no, I, I, But I got I got. I feel you, man. My thing with this is I want to put an NFC South team in the wild card. I already have my wild card teams field. But like Julian said, this division is pretty open and it's still one of the toughest divisions in football. My thing with the Falcons is I don't believe in their offensive line. I don't believe in can they protect Matt Ryan. We saw a lot of that problems in the preseason. The defense, I still don't know if they have good rushers. So Atlanta's the on the lowest amount of the totem pole for me when it comes to Falcons, Panthers, Saints. I, I think the Buccaneers is a team you can't take for granted. But I think the Panthers and the Saints are where I'm leading. But I, I'm i going to give my thing after. Schubert, who do you have winning the NFC South? Uh, I went with the Saints. I think that at the end of the day, it may be a 10-win season, maybe a 9-win season. But they're just going to win the games that matter at the end of the day. Like, yep. I just feel like they kind of have this mentality that they got to get there, uh, at, at least for Drew. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's going to be a, 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 a knockout, dragout fight in the NFC South, but the Saints, one more time, are going to get to the playoffs. I'm with you. I have the Saints making the playoffs as well. I think it's close with Carolina because I really think Carolina has some good things going for them. And I think of it, it, it's going to be close, but I like like she said, I think the Saints win the games that matter that get them over the hump. I have the Saints winning. Let's get our conference finals. Who do y'all have for the NFC conference finals? Schubert, start us off. The NFC conference finals. Okay, I have the Eagles meeting back up with the Cowboys. Ooh, okay. I think that the I think that the Cowboys again just have like this crazy talent, and when you look at all the other teams that make it into these playoffs, I just feel like the more complete teams are the Eagles and the Cowboys. I just I, I it's it's just crazy to me, but I I feel like the NFC East is just has the two worst teams and the two best teams. Yeah. So I think that some way or another, the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to end up. Back back at it for number five. We're not number five. Number three. For the, the, the chance for the championship. The yeah. We'll get your Super Bowl pick after we get your AFC pick in a little bit. Julian, who do you have going to the NFC championship game? I got the Cowboys going to the NFC championship game. And I, I like the Eagles. Like what Shub said, the Eagles. I don't know the way if it plays out, how it's going to end up like that. Yeah. But I got the Cowboys and uh, Green Bay. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's, yeah, I, I have no idea why. I just got Cowboys and Green Bay. I, I have a feeling about that. We'll see. You know, it's, it's kind of too early to tell, but I know those two those two teams are going to be in the playoffs, and if those two teams are in the playoffs, anything can happen. So I got Cowboys and Green Bay. It's interesting, man, because with my pick, I have the Cowboys as one of them, but. I'm I'm down between the Saints, the Eagles, and the Packers. The Saints, I, I it comes down to Drew Brees. Can Drew Brees do what he needs to do to to get this team, you know, over the hump? Can they can they ha- have them, you know, actually playing ball? Can Drew Brees throw the ball? Can Drew Brees just pass his out? Can Drew Brees do what he needs to do to get them in the win? I I don't know if he has enough oomph left in the tank. I don't know if he has enough gas left in the tank 
So we shall see. My thing is, can we see Drew Brees, you know, make that make that hump, make the the, the, the transition to to getting them in the championship and to getting them in 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 the in the in thing. So I'm with Julian. I have the Packers and the Cowboys making it. I have the, the Packers and the Cowboys making it to the NFC championship game. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, with, I'm with Julian. I have Green Bay playing the Cowboys in the NFC championship. I really like the Cowboys, Dak, Zeke, and the, and the boys. I like the defense. And I like what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have. They have a good defense. Uh, Julian, I'm going to start with you. For the AFC, who do you have going to the AFC championship? Well, let me just go ahead and put in the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I got the Patriots and the Chargers. And I just have a feeling this is Philip Rivers' year. I mean, they've been waiting for him to go to the Super Bowl for years. I think it's finally time. He's a great quarterback. They have a great owner. I think Anthony Lynn is a really good coach. And by the time the playoffs comes around, Jordan James will be in full playoff form and whatnot. Yeah. So I really got the Patriots and the Chargers. 100%. Schubert, who do you have, brother? Uh, I like that, but I don't want to put the Patriots in there. I don't want to do it. And you instead of Philip Rivers' it. year, I think it's Ben Roethlisberger's year. Mm, I'm putting the Steelers in the championship against the Chiefs. Oh, okay, okay. I can't argue with you. That's literally a toss-up. I really can't argue with him on that because both sound good. You know, especially Ben Roethlisberger's year after getting rid of those they, they, they say Le'Veon Bell was the distraction. I really don't believe he was a distraction. Yeah. Antonio Brown was a real distraction, as you can see. I think, like, they, they want to give hell to Mike Tomlin, saying, like, oh, he's not a great leader. Dude, you know how hard it is to put up with somebody like that? Yeah, and no, it's Antonio like, Brown 100%. <laughs> like, you see the type of stuff he's doing with the Raiders, and that's what you know about. You don't know the stuff that you don't know about. You know what I'm saying? The stuff that they're yeah. trying to hide, how he acts. So I 100% feel him on the Steelers part. The Chiefs, I can't argue against that either. It's, yeah. it's really going to be a toss-up in the AFC. It's just With, hard to bet. Once you get to the playoffs, I can't bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's just hard. I think a lot of it might have to do also with, you know, it's always somewhat about the things you play for and the stories and having your coach pass away at the beginning of the year and, you know, how Juju Smith-Schuster has really taken to that and building that new receiver core. Ben Roethlisberger really wanting to make a big year. I feel like, you know, they're going to be united as a team going forward. I like them. And the Chiefs is just talent. Um, okay. I agree with everything you said about the Steelers because I have the Steelers going to the AFC Championship. Like I said, I have Ben Roethlisberger as one of my MVP candidates. I think he's going to have a really good year. And we didn't mention when we talked about the Steelers, Devin Bush... Look, I'm not going to say he's as good as Ryan Shazier or if he's better than Ryan Shazier, but he fills that role pretty damn adequately. And what oh, we saw absolutely. in the preseason— He's going to be a star. Like, he's, he looks like a stud. Like, he and looks he like got the watched. best player. He looks like the best player on Pittsburgh's whole team, offense included. Like, Devin Bush looked so good. I can't pick a pick against Pittsburgh, but yeah. where I, I sided with Schubert with Pittsburgh. I shot with Julian with the Patriots. I'm not, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm not—I can't. The thing about Devin Bush was the big question that they had about him coming out of the draft was his motor. Like, you know, his ability to want to kill play, in every yeah. play. And that's the same question they had about Jadavian Clowney. That's all I'm going to say about that. So I hope he built a motor now. But you don't. You either have a motor or you don't. 
But but we'll see. Maybe Michigan was I, just a little fluke or something like that. I, I think the difference between that is the organization. You know, when you play Jav- Javion Clowney in an organization that's very apathetic, like Houston, and, and when you put have, him with a bad coach, like well, not to say a bad coach, but a not as good coach as Mike Tomlin, coach. you put him with you put him with Bill O'Brien, and like it, I agree with, with both of y'all, like it's organization. Yeah, putting him in the Steelers and putting him in that system with Mike Tomlin, I think he's gonna have that motor. And they have a no, culture of a good, good linebackers and good defense. Like that's the Steelers' culture, so they're gonna infuse that. Rough, hard nose. We're going to play hard every play. Look at the past greats. Mean Joe Green, Troy Palomato, Joey Porter. More my era, Troy Palomato, Joey Porter. But they, they have that, like, when you think of defense in the NFL, you think of Baltimore and you think of the Steelers. Well, at least you used to. And he has that culture that to go into. That's why I really like the Steelers. But I'm with Julian. I'm not betting against Bill Belichick. I'm not. So I got Patriots and Steelers in the AFC Championship uh, uh, Schubert, who do you have in your Super Bowl? And give us your early, early winner out of the two matchups. Uh, well, I feel like the NFL, you know, they're rigged. So they want the two biggest names to be in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be the Steelers and the Cowboys. Woo! And Woo! I think it's, yes, let's go! <laughs> and I think it's going to be the Steelers. Okay, 100%. But, but that's just because I have never picked Cowboys. But yeah, I think they make it. And I think okay. it's going to be great, and it's going to be an awesome Super Bowl. Julian, who you got making the Super Bowl? I got the Cowboys and the Patriots, baby. But you know The Steelers, that sounds great, too. Because Shoes is 100% right. The Steelers could absolutely make it. They got a veteran coach and a veteran quarterback. Mike Thomas is a damn good coach. He's been yeah, to two he, Super Bowls already. I don't care. You know, they want to shit on him and, you know, and whatnot throughout the past few years because of how he dealt with Antonio Brown. He can't help that. That's just uh, – he's not Bill Belichick. You just can't let him go. He's too good of a talent just to completely let go. But the, the Steelers and the Cowboys sound good. But I don't bet against Bill Belichick in the playoffs. I got the Cowboys and the Patriots. Regardless, me and Shoes agree that the Cowboys are going to be on there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they better 100%. run Dak. All I'm going to say is this. They better run Dak his money right now. Because let me tell you, when, once Dak goes ahead and wins that Super Bowl, it's going to be – Forty million. Pay him now and finish with it, please, Jerry Joe. Just pay him. Give him his thirty-four million right now. They gave Jared Goff one hundred and ten guarantee. You give Dak one twelve and finish with it, please. Just do it now because he's gonna have a breakout year, dude. I'm feeling it. I love Dak. <laughs> well, let I have the Steelers versus the Packers in the in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, Again. my MVP. My, Aaron Rodgers, my MVP winner versus Ben Roethlisberger, the person who comes in second in the MVP. But Ben takes the 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 bigger championship overall and ends up becoming Finals MVP. I have the Steelers winning the Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers. In who the won Packers. that last time? Uh, uh, Green Bay. Green, Green Bay. Bay yeah. Did, yeah, I think Ben Roethlisberger. That, gets that was revenge. the one Antonio Brown was in, huh? No, mm-hmm. that wasn't. Yeah, no, he, oh, was, he was. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was in the one that lost. Game. He didn't win. Oh, okay, real. Yeah, he did not win. Okay, yeah, you're right. He didn't win the Super Bowl. Nope, 100%. Well, dope, dope, dope. Any, uh, Ju- Schubert and Julian, who y'all have for MVP? Y'all can just both say off one, whoever wants to go first. Uh, I got Zeke. You got Zeke? All right, cool, cool, cool. Julian, who Zeke. you got? Zeke. I hope y'all, I, look, I hope y'all are right, because I have Zeke for my fantasy league. I Same. hope y'all are right. Like, he is, look, he's a great running back, but not just that. He has an offensive line behind him that is 
amazing. He has that's like the best run back run blocking offensive line in the NFL. They're a top five offensive line in general. But if you had a good off, DeMarco Murray did great behind a great offensive line. That's why my whole thing was they didn't want to sign Zeke because they wanted to play. I wouldn't look. It would have sucked if they would have traded Zeke, but if they would have traded Zeke for another good running back, I think that running back could have done well behind that Dallas offensive line because offensive line is everything when it comes to football. It comes, you know, it makes the quarterback successful. It makes the running back successful. You win but NFL games in the trenches on both sides. In the trenches, yeah, exactly. People forget that they look at the flash, but I know the game is won in the trenches. Yeah, ask, ask Tom Brady, you know. <laughs> exactly. But I got, like I said, I got Aaron Rodgers winning MVP. I think too much has been said in this offseason about how he doesn't have it still, how he doesn't have the arm, how he's not the best quarterback. Too much has been said, and I think Aaron has a lot to prove. But don't be surprised if Ben comes in close second and Ben actually wins it because I, I think both of those dudes have the same chip on their shoulder and both have a lot to prove. Uh, Julian, that's all the time we have for today. Julian, tell the people they can find you at on social media. You can find me at JujuNav, J-U-J-U-N-A-V. You come at me, I'll be talking all the Saints hate and all the Cowboys <laughs> love. You can argue with me, with me, you won't win. But that's about it. 100%. Y'all make sure y'all hit up Julian on Twitter. Schubert, tell the people they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hschubert14. And you can listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast every Friday. This week, uh, Titans start, so Lynn and I are going to start reviewing the episodes once again. Wait, we got to... Wait, we gotta talk about that off air because I don't think I don't know if the episode will be. We gotta talk about that. That's something we gotta. Talk oh about. no, it's yeah, right. That's right. It probably comes out on Friday when we try and record on a Thursday. Well, we'll well we'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Back to you, Lyndon. All right. Well, you guys can follow me at LynnBWT on Twitter. Follow the birds you think at birds you think on Twitter. Be sure if you want an LSU Texas game preview, the Primetime Podcast took care of that for you guys. They sat down with the Texas correspondent of 247 Sports. We got the Texas side, and then they, they brought the LSU side. So they gave you a good full view of how that game's going to go. Check that out. As well as if you're an anime fan, be sure to check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk. But other than that, thank you guys for listening. I want to say thank you as always. But for Julian, for Schubert, for Matt, my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the first full season of football with college on Saturday, high school on Friday, and NFL on Sunday. And we will talk to you guys next week. As always, enjoy yourselves and be safe. Peace. For what? Fuck that you leveling up. My nissing you was a plus. Leave that nigga in the dust. Take him back here for what? Lamborghini from a bus. All that we needed was trust. I said enough is enough. Don't got no business with you. Champagne for the exes. We'll grind for the Lexus. That's fine by the Texas. Star, I directed my heart, I protected Cobain when I reckless. They say it switched up, switched up the perspective. You can't speak at night, you get way too light. And you can't drink at night, you get fucked up sometimes. You and I. Never start a fight. I'm in up every time. Girl, who do you blame? Blame me.